everybody, welcome to today's episode of 50% Fresh. Today, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to cover the first documentary we, we have covered on the show. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's been described as possibly the most irresponsible picture ever released by a major film studio. Uh, one critic called it a leading example of the decline of Western civilization. And we're talking about Jackass, colon, the movie. Yeah, from 2002. Uh, a, a seminal movie. For both of us, a movie that, among other things, we'll talk about it, but a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics, if you can believe it, uh, not over the moon about it. Yeah. It was uh, directed by Jeff Tremaine, starring the usual suspects, including Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera, and Steve-O. And my apologies if this is redundant for any listeners, but just the quickest of histories of how this movie came to be. There was a show, Jackass, for three seasons on MTV. Hidden cameras and pranks and stunts and outrageous behavior, hilarious stuff. It was basically a, uh, some people making a skateboarding magazine called Big Brother, uh, hooked up with some people in Westchester making some CKY skate videos, and uh, which had a lot of stunts and things on them. Along the way, they met a guy from a clown college in Florida named Sivo. Somewhere along the way, a producer named Spike Jones, who was a very important MTV music director and things like that, helped facilitate a TV show. Three very uh, culturally impactful, funny seasons of television that came with it a lot of heat, right? Yeah, so basically the movie came about because they were they were tired of the red tape uh, involved with making the TV show. There was a senator, Senator Joe Lieberman from Connecticut. He wanted to cancel the show. He sort of made it his uh, his whole thing. He was like running or something, right? Or like not even running, but just that was his that was his whole deal. Yeah, he wanted to <laughs> he wanted to take down MTV and specifically Jackass. Um, there's a quote from Johnny Knoxville talking to Vice in 2017 uh, about about what was going on. He said it was an election year, and Joseph Lieberman decided to be tough on Hollywood as part of his campaign platform. He singled the show and MTV out, and after that, the screws came down. Um, they assigned a safety guy to the show that basically told them to stop doing the things that they like to do in, involving jumping off of things. Uh, I, invo- I assume bodily fluids. And- yeah, I think too. And, 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 and maybe just like the nature of the show was so it was like it was born out of making skate videos or just making videos with your friends or whatever, of just running around. And then when it started to be like you have to close the streets and all these things, it just became... Uh, yeah, just uh, a, a lot of complicated in a lot of ways. Well, I think. I think part of what put the show on Joe Lieberman's radar is there were a few copycat incidents, or like uh, even though there's a disclaimer, of course. Please don't top, do it. What else can they, can you say? Yeah, uh, but that didn't stop kids from from doing things like uh, trying to trying to mimic. What they, what they saw. It was such a, a reaction to that show that people had. Not me personally, but being like in high school when the show was on MTV, not only would you see dumbasses jumping into bushes or whatever, which whatever, fine, but like people just, it, something about this show made people go, I'm going to send this in a jackass. And like, have you watched the show? They're not, it's not Bob Saget going, here's something from Atlanta, Georgia. This guy fell down the stairs. It's, there's no prize money. It's to these guys. Yeah. Like, right. There's yeah. no prize money. There's no anything. And I think at some point, in addition to the disclaimer on the show, they put another, like, not that disclaimers are mean or help at all. Like maybe, that little crawl at the bottom. It's like, we, said, we don't look at submissions. We're not even going to open it. This, 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 this isn't that kind of show, pal. Uh, but nevertheless, the imitate, the copycats were rampant. Yeah. At the time, at around 2001, Joe Lieberman put out a, a news release that 
said it, it was irresponsible for MTV to air these kinds of stunts on a program clearly popular with young teens. He said that despite the show's uh, MA rating and the disclaimers, there are some things that are so potentially dangerous and inciting to vulnerable children that they should not be put on TV. So, mm-hmm. uh, basically, the jackass guys decided it wasn't really worth the trouble anymore, so as kind of a last hurrah, they were going to put a movie together, and it was going to the idea was to make it bigger and grosser and more and just, um, yeah. more ambitious than, than anything on the show had been. Yeah, and maybe just like, you know, like South Park comes to mind or something. It's like, it's an R-rated movie now. You can't get mad if kids saw it because there's a system in place that says, you know, you can only see this movie if you're of a certain age or with a guardian or something. Like, we've done our part. You can draw that line a little harder. And it's funny to hear about some hesitancy when they were going to first talk about making a movie. Like, well, what would that look like? How would we even do this little show as a movie? These 20-minute things we've been putting together. And I understand that, but also, in hindsight, like, how is it ever not a movie? Because on MTV, they couldn't do any of the stuff they do in the movie. You know, like, it seems like, the what my point is, the movie feels like them reaching what this thing kind of always should have been, right? Without the restrictions and without, that's too high to jump off of, and you should be in a hazmat suit if that man's going to vomit into a frying pan. And we can't show scrotum on TV. <laughs> you can't show, like I said, so many of the are I guess they I mean you just blur a lot of stuff but then of course it lacks the the punch and everything sure <laughs> so what was your history what is your history with jackass what did you see the movie in the theaters I did see the movie in the theaters I remember very vividly um seeing the movie a little bit after it had, it had been out and when something sort of has that um you know you got to see this movie this is the funniest fucking thing like that's just sort of like what's in the what's what's going on uh, I remember very clear it was the fall of 2002 I had just moved from my hometown to the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. I just remember going to see it with my, my at the time, new, my old, my friends who are now my new roommates and just a handful of movies I've seen in the theaters where my memory is just, it's probably exaggerated, but you know, we're just like flailing around and laughing and slapping our legs and all of that. Just like, you was know. Was it a raucous theater? It wasn't even raucous because it had been out for a while. So my memory is us four echoing this, you know, like I'm sure, like I would see Jackass 2 later on like an opening night and that was like, oh, loud, amazing. It's like you're at a concert, people, sc- you know, 100 to 200 people screaming, laughing. This was like four guys in a big empty room <laughs> screaming, laughing. So that was very vivid. But I wasn't that... I was a little bit too cool for school when the show dropped because, mm. because like I said, you'd see, I would be going to like shows. I was a little bit, probably a little bit insufferable to be sure like, oh, MTV, huh? I'm sure there was, there was that a little bit, but I would go to like local shows. You'd see kids riding their bikes into bushes. And it was just like, it felt so tryhardy to me that it made me sort of annoyed the whole thing. I was like, nah, you can keep all that shit that's making these kids all annoying, you know? Cause it had a really impact. Like it was like the copycats and just. It just made people a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. So at the time Jackass was starting to become really popular, I was like in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've always sort of not really liked Bam Margera because he just, every, every annoying 11-year-old kid that was like in the yeah. back of the class lighting the carpet on fire or whatever the fuck, yeah, uh, yeah. Just, just was emulating Bam. Yeah. So right. I just, as soon as I finally became exposed to, to the crew, I was like, I don't. This is yeah, this is yeah. Right, reminds yeah. me of a, like Travis in fucking fifth grade or whatever. <laughs> Travis from Taxi Driver. Oh no, I'm. Oh, oh, like a, a kid, a yeah. kid. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> My brain was going. Travis, Travis, who fucks Travis? Travis, <laughs> Jackass? No, Travis. Do we know about Travis? Who's Travis? I just thought it was a good. It was good. Travis is a fifth grade shithead. It was like you know he he acts up and gets gets sent to the hall a lot, but then he's got like a really 
well manicured faux hawk that his mom clearly helped him with. This is like a time and place you're describing this kid. Yeah, Yeah. right. Does he? Did he? He got decked out in new school clothes for PacSun before Mm -hmm. he had a hellish year in school, and there's no way the mom would spend a hundred dollars on an element hoodie again. (laughs) Just the biggest, whitest leg jeans you ever did see. (laughs) If he jumped off of something tall, he would probably kind of like float. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't like I definitely um I I I hung out with some jackass uh, adjacent people. I definitely wasn't the, the smartest or the or the you know. I, I, but what you know what I mean? Like I I can't say that I wasn't out in the hall myself. Let's say, but kids would just be like lighting shit on fire or something. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't want I don't want to hang on light shit on fire. Can we just like joke around and you know like piss off the teachers or something? I don't want to light things on fire. But you know, it takes all kinds. Yeah. But so then eventually, maybe it sounds like we both maybe had some hurdles to get over. Yeah. And then you see the movie or whatever at some point. Yeah, I don't. When did you see the movie then? I don't all really remember my, mm-hmm. the first time I watched the movie because I definitely didn't see it in the theater because I was uh, too young for it. Yeah. But uh, I, at this point in my life, I've seen Jackass, the movie, I don't know, probably 10 times, but I've actually never seen the whole thing mm-hmm. because I. <laughs> I, there are some bits that I cannot look at directly. Yeah, yeah. And you cover your eyes. Probably, look away. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like anything with costumes. No, it's the, uh, <laughs> anytime there's a, a bodily function, let's say, I, I just I can't do it, man. I'm too squeamish. And again, it's. I wonder with some of the stuff with censors, you know, the people that rate a movie and say what you can and can't do. There's they just there had to be so many unprecedented things. You know, it's like with all these other movies, there's sex scenes and violence and stuff. But when it starts to be like, a guy's going to go take a shit in a hardware store and the camera's going to show it. Like, okay, sure. But it's like, this is graphic and I don't have a lot to compare this to. So on that, it's it's interesting to see where the lines are drawn because there aren't rules. So it seems like the uh, the ratings board is sort of just kind of winging it, you know, as as things come. It's like like... there's the uh, one, one bit in the movie involves putting like muscle stimulators uh you know you you, you slap them on there and, and the then white you, hit a, you hit a button and then it makes your muscles contract mm-hmm. and it's painful and uh naturally they end up applied to somebody's scrotum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were not allowed to show the application i forget who's yeah who was applying i think it. knoxville says Knox- he takes pontius's penis out yeah but in the movie it's a hard cut yeah, which is comedic. Where it's like, okay, let's let's have my nuts and get it over with. But boom, suddenly they're on. But it sounds like but they was, didn't have the option. It was too much to show the handling. The of handling, it, and it's funny because it's like it, I think you can, maybe it's the times are changing, or just as a franchise they get they get to play the game because like there's definitely some grappling in the most recent Jackass Forever where they're getting Preston Lacey screwed under like a little punching bag and they have that robot punching thing. There is some there's some sidebar teamwork. just sidebar. It's interesting how the times they are are changing. Yeah. It's like it's that Bob Dylan song. Progress. It's really nice. <laughs> um, so uh, with that, I mean, then, then since Jack asked the movie, I've been on board and got all the DVDs and seen all the movies and enjoy them all greatly. And Yeah, and the the problem with like a, how, how at first you, you saw people emulating Jackass and so did I, and it's like, oh, the, I don't think I like this based on the people that it attracts. But then you actually get into it and you see that there's a lot more going on than just a bunch of guys slapping each other in the balls or whatever. Yeah. And you see why it, it, there's a charisma and a chemistry there that it was so easy to, uh, you know, 
I, I would never do it, but you see why people are like, oh, I could do that. At least like me and my dumb friends or something. Because you see it's like the camaraderie, which is always talked about with Jackass, and rightfully so. But that's like as much a part of it as anything. But they they have, and I guess this is a big credit to Johnny Knoxville, Jeff Tremaine, and Spike Jones, since mm-hmm. they seem to be like the uh, the driving force it seems, Yeah, it. three executive producers that all also have their own specific what they do, yeah. But they all seem... Everybody involved seems to share similar like comedic sensibilities and just this very classic sort of slapstick humor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is at the root of most of it that doesn't involve shit or cum. Yeah, yeah. And even puke. then, that's not exclusive. Or puke or blood. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and over time, it seems like uh, the public opinion, the critical consensus... They, they've turned around on, on how they feel about Jackass. So the Rotten Tomatoes score for for the first movie, this one, is 49%. Then Jackass number two, 65%. Uh, Jackass 3D, 66 And Jackass Forever, the most recent, 85%. Certified fresh. Fucking, that was such a... You know, the, it's like we said, the movie has always... Well, two things. Maybe it's a slow burn for everyone, right? Because we were saying... Like, we didn't like it. Everyone's like that. Chris, everyone. Um... But no, but yeah, I just when Jackass Forever, it, it, it continues the trend of everyone liking it more all the time. Um, but it also is as is, is hacky and awful as this sounds. Everyone went through the, like the awful COVID thing and I think really realized how amazingly great and funny and pure and reliable Jackass is, mm-hmm. you know? And in in, in a, a world of uh, obviously just, it, this isn't like other movies the way it's made. I joked about it being a documentary because it's so unlike anything, right? There's no you know scripting and casting and all that uh but in a world of fucking goddamn sequels and remakes and stuff all the time too jackass has never once disappointed and i think that's valuable like whatever kind of movie it is well that's evidenced by it the movie was the uh, smash hit like it it uh was a five million dollar budget it grossed 79.5 million worldwide mm-hmm. and uh i think it did it did a lot more on DVDs, I'm but sure, I, I yeah. do not have those statistics. No, yeah. Me. Everyone I knew had the DVD. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we have the DVD now. We have the DVD. <laughs> and all those movies made a ton of money, and I think they make them for peanuts compared to what other Paramount movies are. Uh, but, all that, yeah. Um, yeah, so people, I think just, uh, you know, the common man, you and I, we, we, we've we always gone in for, for it more than critics. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, the critics' consensus for Rotten Tomatoes for this one is there's a good chance you'll be laughing hysterically at one stunt, but getting grossed out by the next one in this big screen version of the controversial MTV show. So that's even like you're, you know, I mean, we all get grossed out by it, but but not an inherently negative review. It's just like... <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a pretty... What is that? What do you take away from this? Is it like, I kind of like to see that? I enjoy laughing hysterically? I'm willing to look away at the gross stuff? Or is it like, oh, no, you can keep all that? <laughs> Richard Roper called it a disgusting, repulsive, grotesque spectacle... But it's also hilarious and provocative. God help me. Thumbs up. <laughs> the perfect critic quote for that movie is, God help me. Thumbs up. Completely. I think they use, they use that. In it's on, I think it's on the DVD cover, yeah. yeah. That's lovely. Um, Roger Ebert, um, during an interview with Charlie Rose, he, he, he admitted to laughing, laughing at Jackass. He said, I went to see Jackass, a shameful movie. I laughed all the way through it. So then he said, if I have to laugh, I have to tell you it's funny. But he, uh, interestingly, he didn't actually review the movie. He didn't put out an official review of the movie. My call, based on us looking at that a little bit, is he, he I, I, I admire his, 
I guess, honesty, where he's like, look, I laughed. You got me. It's a comedy movie, and you made me laugh. But I think he also maybe uh, couldn't bring himself to write the published <laughs> review and give it whatever stars. If I have to recommend this, it has to get at least, like, what, two and a half or three stars, and I have to write five paragraphs about this or what. So I, I think... I think he gave himself that. <laughs> there was at least one critic. There were, uh, you know, obviously a few that did positive re- reviews of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but LA Weekly critic Paul Malcolm uh, made his list of the 10 best films of 2002, and he called it the most underrated film of the year. Love that. Love that. And I love that somebody was, uh, was putting it out there like that. It's that just fun. It's just, I, I, I like to see anyone. Uh, it's it's really it could be apples and oranges when he started I don't uh, you know stacking up to other movies that came out in two thousand two. How does Jackass stack up to Eight Mile? How do you how do you how do you do that? You know the hot chick. <laughs> it's better than the hot chick, marginally better than Eight Mile. Sorority boys. Yeah. Yeah. Not a throw up in Eight Mile and the Jackass film. We could probably spend a whole a whole episode talking about the parallels. <laughs> so this guy, A. O. Scott. Yeah. Whose review I read of Ready to Rumble, right? Like a hole, Scott. Yeah. Oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, from Ready to Rumble. So he had a predictably annoying review of of, uh, of Jackass. He said Jackass the movie does not offer much psychological insight, but it does suggest that the small tribe of young white men is motivated by extreme boredom and a playful, quasi-erotic, sadomasochistic camaraderie. They're drawn to pranks that involve nudity and anal penetration as well as blunt trauma by means of bowling balls, boxing gloves, and miniature golf statuary. It's like a documentary version of Fight Club, shorn of social insight, intellectual pretension, and cinematic interest. But he also, he says, uh, it's a supremely literal-minded version of slapstick. The pain that is mimicked in silent two-wheelers or Tom and Jerry cartoons is is here played in earnest, provoking a spasm of revulsion, that mutates into shocked involuntary laughter. Now you're getting it, hey, whole Scott. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of the whole point. It sort of is that thing a little bit of I, I don't know I get like it's the we talked about this before of a uh, you know to to his credit Roger Ebert used to say like well I just like try to engage with the thing based on what it tried to do and it would appear that A O Scott was just like uh excuse me where's the social insight where's the intellectual pretension where's the cinematic interest this is just a bunch of nudity and boxing gloves it's like well. Yeah, man, it's nudity and boxing gloves. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> he he might he just must not like documentaries. Yeah, that's what's going on here. Or slapstick comedy. That's true too. You don't see a lot of slapstick what, what, documentaries. What a supremely literal-minded version of slapstick, as opposed to what version of slapstick? You know, high-minded stuff, like uh, when Charlie Chaplin dressed up like Hitler. Yeah. Which is rad. And bounced a little ball around. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's just. I don't. I, don't, I think you what know. What is he talking about? I wonder how much of it. And this is merely speculating, but you know, uh, what did critics think of this movie going into it? We talk about that a lot. Are you a critic and you're watching this Wednesday at noon? It's the MTV show that the the fucking senator guys yelling about all the time. It's the guys that just hurt themselves and everything else. And even though you find yourself laughing, it's just like, like you said, like sometimes that kid in class would make you laugh, and you're like, oh, God damn it, you know, <laughs> he threw that thing right at the teacher, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or he hit hit the teacher with a really good comeback. Uh, yeah. He's on his way to the office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe part of like the major rejection from the stuffiest of critics probably has to do with when you watch 
some of the footage, it's like, oh, they, they made a movie. They used real cameras and they had a soundstage or whatever. But then a lot of it is also just on shitty little hand cameras mm-hmm. or, or hidden cameras mm-hmm. on a, a pair of sunglasses or whatever. Right. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think maybe if you're a stuffy critic, you don't like that. You don't like yeah. that it's... It's not um, pristine film or whatever. Right, right, right. To to um, to evaluate the cinematography is to talk about how well Bam held the camera while they jumped a golf cart off of a thing. I think it's stupid. Yeah, it's also very like their loss. I'm and... just I'm just guessing, by the way. I yeah, I, I I buy it though. I buy it. We don't want these guys at our at our fancy party. Mm-mm. So, um, and it's funny that he kind of raised the cartoon comparison in a negative way because that's one of the things I like about Jackass the most is we're going to make a guy crawl on his hands and knees through a bunch of mouse traps, mm-hmm. But we're going <laughs> to... There's a giant piece of cheese on one of them and we're going to put him in a little mousy costume. Yeah. Ears, tail. It's like the details, the attention to it, and, and with that it really brings to life it's like the it's in jackass too but johnny knoxville holds a big rocket and gets shot up over a lake and that's it's 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 hilarious it's incredible but it's just the presence of mind or whatever to like make it the big red looney tunes rocket even we were watching i think johnny knoxville on like howard stern i think they're asking him where'd you get this idea and i forget what it even was but without saying it like a joke because he's dead serious i was watching tom and jerry and you know and, and they almost stopped to laugh about it because it's such an absurd thing, you know. It, it, when you really think about a live action, he was cartoon, not joking. Like he was inspired. Right. A grown man was inspired. And these are guys that like blow each other up and shit. And then like the rocket skates is probably straight out of the cartoon, some cartoon, right? Just mm-hmm. strapping fireworks to roller skates. It's like but, it works perfectly for Wiley e. Coyote until it, of course, doesn't. But it just doesn't even work for a second in life. It's brilliant. This might be. This might sound like an, an absurd comparison when talking about something that has so many. Yeah, dicks in it, I guess. Yeah, a lot. Of, mm-hmm. But Johnny Knoxville, there's like a direct line from Buster Keaton to Johnny Knoxville, mm-hmm. and insofar as he even does that, like falling house bit. Yeah. Not in the um, I, not in this movie. In the second one, right? I yeah. think, and hurts himself doing it. Yeah, yeah. As he is wont hurts to do. Hurts himself doing it, right? Yeah, that's but um. He his, his references and even like the, the the little song and dance numbers that they they do throughout the the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, there's a, a really distinct kind of Looney Tunes, old Hollywood, all these things mixed up into a, a big blender. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's why it's so beloved because it's coming from a place of like ultimately positivity and pure comedy. Yeah. Positivity and like, cl- like classic comedy in mm-hmm. a way. If you just like grew up watching TV, a lot of these things are just... It's like that TV language. Um, yeah, all that stuff. You're absolutely right. And then mix it with like also it's skater culture. So it's like Slayer songs and Misfits and Ramones and just really great. And when the time is right, just like really uh, kick-ass aggressive music that complements like, you know, uh, we'll get into the Destruction Car Derby later. But when that's punctuated by Slayer, it's just like, oh, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of things. And this is something that only occurred to me earlier today. But um, there is sort of an example of man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. You find that in You could in really Jackass. yeah, yeah. We're we're towing the line 
about wringing the fun out of it. <laughs> joking, you know, you know, you could go for even more if you wanted to break down like, oh, the fucking, you know, the Joseph Campbell of it all. That's not him, but you know, just uh, wh- whatever the man versus man versus himself. You're right. Every one of those, there's like a lot of man versus man, man versus himself. Man, a lot of all of those. A lot of man versus nature. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And I said before, I was joking. I was like, I'm dead serious about when it's so many things, and I wanted to. I think, you know, uh, uh, it's no secret that Jackass is beloved, but I just don't know if you've ever really heard, to my satisfaction, someone appreciate how many different kinds of bits can be a Jackass bit. And it can be boiled down to guys hurting themselves and doing gross shit. And, of course, that's so much of it. And it is like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe if I haven't watched it in a while and you ask me to talk about Jackass, it is like, you know, and, and you're not wrong, but it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's like Buster Keaton meets Evil, Evil Knievel, and it's all that, but then, then you see Dave England shit his pants, and you're like, oh, but it's that too. Or, or uh, Danger Aaron urinate into a snow cone. And, and eat and the yellow eat snow the, cone. Well, I've not seen then, that one. Yeah, but so. that's that's how it goes down. <laughs> and then gets assaulted by Dave England while he's trying to do it. Just, yeah, so anyways. It is the, it is all of these things. Yeah. I think to appreciate it, though, it's, it's definitely the sum of its parts in a way that is so unique and could only be this and imitators have failed to do it because I think if there's a, a lot of things they, they don't get, it's the, it's the chemistry, the charisma, the warmth, but it's also just like, Oh, you might be doing two or three of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to get through them and uh, quickly, but also just relate each one to maybe an example of it in the film. Uh, so if we, if I, and, and these by no means encompass all of it, but just 10 kinds of jackass bits. Number one, blunt force trauma, maybe the signature jackass bit, uh, getting in a shopping cart and just getting pushed into something. You fly out, you're probably going to get hurt. It's probably going to be funny. Some signature bits in this movie are uh, some of the fights, whether it be um, the sadly uh, deceased Ryan Dunn uh, fighting uh, a, a female kickboxing champion, only to lose, of course, and Johnny Knoxville fighting uh, Golden Gloves boxing champion Butterbean in a department store. <laughs> just a, exactly what it sounds like. They just set up and have a boxing match. That's one of Knoxville's three bad injuries right in the movie yeah so one of the things again that's just so uh distinct about jackass is specifically johnny knoxville's reaction to a near mortal injury Mm -hmm. that he that he came very close to sustaining and that is just like he seems delighted by it Mm -hmm. he cackles like not even nervous laughter he really seems tickled by oh shit that almost killed me yeah that almost killed me and it's not a nervous laughter it's not a as i think about this you know what in hindsight that is kind of funny it's a instantly mm-hmm. it's laughing as soon as, as soon as you wake up yeah exactly cracks so, a joke. <laughs> there are roughly 54 bits that comprise jackass the movie three of them came close to mortally wounding johnny knoxville that's or over 5%. Over 5% of the bits in this movie almost killed Johnny Knoxville. Seems significant. Do you know what makes it even more significant? I just realized this. Mm-hmm. Plenty of bits don't even have Johnny Knoxville. So you could, again, if you, <laughs> you were so inclined, if you wanted to do the deeper, deeper dive, you could write down how many Johnny Knoxville bits. There. It'd be like 33% of this of this movie of his parts almost killed him. Or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So on, on that, one of them is when he fights Butterbean in the department store. Um, and he... he Takes one to to the to the melon, he gets and he the, falls. Yeah, I think the fall is what does him. He falls he, onto he, like a part of the store that doesn't have carpet. It's just like a it's just a tile floor in a department. Yeah, because they're not set up for this sort of thing. They're just kind of kind of blowing in here. Uh, He's not set up for that. He's a college kid. He he got seriously injured. You you see him snore instantly because he was knocked out. Yeah, and uh, 
as he's coming to and getting stitches on his head or somebody, you know, a, mm -hmm. a medic is working on him in some capacity, he cracks a joke. He asks it. Butter bean okay? And again, he was just knocked out. He has mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. he's concussed. And that's why he is equal parts Buster Keaton, Evil Knievel, and just Johnny Knoxville. Just, yeah. so, just as though, like, who else could crack that joke right then or something? You know, just movie star shit. Just the best, the best. Um, and then the other, you want me to go through the other two? The other two, uh, mortal injury. Yeah, we have nearly. to. We ha let's let's not let's not get into se separate lists and <laughs> and all this. Yeah. So there's also the the first bit in the movie besides that's not the opening. Credits, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, is the rent a car crash up derby <laughs> where he rents a car and then kind of turns it into like a, a crash derby car and they paint a, a number on the side of it the mm -hmm. three for Dale Earnhardt if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. And. Uh, so they're 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 driving driving it around in a little crash derby, and he, the windshield of his car, uh, help me. If I'm not mistaken, everybody's pretty much targeting him. There's three or four cars in this make in this little destruction derby, and it's like the bit is that we're gonna mess up every inch of this car and return it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, when they all converge on his car after they've been doing it for a while, one car kind of ends up on top of the windshield, drives up. I don't know if it drives up the hood or not. But anyway, the the tire of the car plops through the windshield just a few feet from Johnny Knoxville's face. And the tire is still rotating, so you see the tire come through the windshield and the spin of the tire shoots the shreds of the glass that it's up against, not into Johnny Knoxville's face, but, uh, it, you Very know, close. it's happening and it's close and it's like, yeah. And then, cracks a joke. Yeah, inches away, delighted by it. I guess we didn't reinforce the windshield. Uh, and then the third is another derby-related stunt uh the golf cart derby they're just mm -hmm. basically fucking around on a golf course driving golf carts around and um he's johnny knoxville is, is passenger and ryan dunn is driving and it, they they're well they're just driving over stuff that isn't meant to be driven over statues from an old miniature golf course i think or something yeah. like these so ceramic they, somethings i they, don't know they, they go off of it and they crash down and the way that the cart kind of mushes uh yeah knoxville gets knocked out again yeah he gets like but doubled it, it over himself really, uh it's horrifying and hilarious. Jeff Tremaine, we listened to the the, or the we watched it with commentary, and for all three of these bits, Jeff Tremaine said, "I thought you were dead." Yeah, and completely. Like, so that's he's not the, yeah, yeah. So those are the three times, and there's once for like every movie I think with Knoxville. Um, you know, yeah. and uh, if you if you listen to any recent interviews with him, he'll say that his neurologist has told him he cannot have any more concussions. He's on no more concussions. Doctor's orders. So that that doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number one. That was a big one. Blunt force trauma, um, probably the, the the most significant, the most known. But also, and these a lot of these are too. There's a Venn diagram to a lot of these. There's overlap. But after blunt force trauma, I have stunts. That's where we're gonna set out. That's the evil Knievel of it, with their take on it being it's meant to go wrong. We don't have the footage until it goes horribly wrong for somebody. Uh, the thing we we're watching before, they were joking about Bam always landing stuff because he's a skateboarder. They put Dunn in to make sure they get the footage of someone <laughs> fucking up because that's what we're here for. But I just like I also like that sincerity of like like don't just crash to do it either. Like you know, right. <laughs> there's a there's a sincerity to trying. There's authenticity. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So uh, a good example in this movie, I think, is Johnny Knoxville hangs out with a couple of a professional skateboarders that aren't usually featured but are certainly friends of the show, I believe. And uh, uh, he does what's called a 50-50 grind or attempts to. But, of course, a, a skateboarder that's good would be able to jump the skateboard up. He's more like standing on the railing. They're holding him up and they let go. And he tries to just skate down a railing. And, like, 
they laugh about how it's going to go poorly. Then it goes poorly. Then they laugh about it. And that's kind of the flow of the stunt <laughs> segments, you know? <laughs> the giant rocket that I mentioned earlier from Jackass 2. Uh, throughout the show, there's been uh, a, a, a thing with, like, bulls and, and yaks and these kind of animals that will charge at you. And it's just like, yeah, I guess in a sense it goes well. Like, that's what you want to do. But, yeah, very much a stunt um Maybe, obviously, some of the best ones. Number three, the spectacle of it all. Or We were talking about before the show how this almost makes me wonder if this is maybe part of this inspiration is where some of these guys came from magazines and video, you know, like photography and putting these videos out where you get this amazing shot, like Steve-O shooting a firework out of his butt, but they do it on a rooftop and they do it at night, you know? And, it, and there's a spectacle to it all. Um, Steve-O gets a giant tattoo of himself on his back and it's just like it's funny how he's like i don't know how to perform this because it is just like it's just the spectacle of it how do you what's the bit more than just like well, look look at this shit you know yeah um i like the way you put this next one uh just they it's not so much a prank as it's they make people's world fantastic yeah they kind of they kind of set up a thing and blow through people's lives very quickly and it's not really the joke isn't on other people. It's 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 just presenting them with a reality that is that is fantastic. And of course, you know, someone comes up and says, "Hey, that was for a TV show. Will you sign this and stuff?" But yeah, it's that moment where you th they thought that was just the the, the day they were having seeing so this. <laughs> in 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 Jackass the movie, that's uh, I think maybe a great example of that is we we man their. Um, the, the resident little person. The little person. We man. A, he's a skateboarder. Yeah. Um, I think we all know. I mean, every red-blooded American knows we man at this point. <laughs> he came but out of WrestleMania and everyone was just so happy to see him. Yeah, it was really something. So naturally, um, they, they put him in a traffic cone and they were in they were filming on location <laughs> in Japan. So they had him sort of like moving about. Running around in a giant cone. traffic cone, blocking off geez, busy, busy streets. Mm -hmm. And people just kind of going around him. Or they, uh, it's fun in the movie. They do a lot of bits from the show that are sort of, they get to do in a bigger, more fun way. Uh, and so they always had a Preston Lacey, their resident, as they would say, big guy. big guy. They're meaner about it, okay? Yeah, I don't, uh, don't. Uh, <laughs> So thank you. Uh, it would be Preston Lacey chasing Wee Man through the streets, whether they're just in underwear, often oh, in their always underwear. Always a matching outfit. Matching outfit. Uh, just tidy whities Tidy whities white white tank top or something. They're wearing Samur or like a <laughs> sumo wrestler wigs and uh, like a little uh, Yeah, like the, the get up, the thong thing, yeah. the baggy thong. Yeah, and running and Preston's one line. It's, I love it. I love the simplicity. They don't overwrite it. The one line is always, get back here. Chasing Wee Man through the streets. On the TV show, they do it through a high school football practice one time. Oh my God. Get back here! Yeah, that shit. The, and yeah. this is not... Then uh, this is on the show, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where they have Preston Lacey sitting on a park bench wearing a specific outfit, and then he goes into a nearby porta potty and there's a big kerfuffle in there. He sounds has a, like he's yeah. taking a big... He's having a time in he's there. He's having a bad time. And then he comes out, and it's Wee Man wearing the exact same clothes. But baggy now. Yeah. And sits in the same spot, and the people next are like... So what, what, what else is that except for just, you know... Because, you know, your, your brain has to go to... Okay, this guy didn't just shit off 150 pounds. <laughs> That's impossible for 18 reasons. But also, what else happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a TV show right now. It's just you know, a yeah. fantastic reality. Yeah, so fantastical world. Uh, number five on the list were experts. I thought that was a way to encompass where you go see someone that's in the you know an expert in their field and they do their thing. And I thought two ways this plays out is 
they seem to see riot control type experts. Like, will you shoot us with your crowd control weapons? Mm -hmm. And also you see it with like athletes. That's more in, I think, two and four. I can definitely think about this guy's a football player. He's going to tackle us. This guy's a hockey player. He's going to hit me in the in my cup with a slap shot. The lady that Ryan Dunn fights does have three yeah, belts. Exactly right. So <laughs> we're just going to take experts in fields and apply them in a jackass way. That's great. We kept laughing about the guy that was billed as an alligator expert. They have a real life, like, yeah. Oh, he looks like an alligator. They have a gnarly nature expert, and, and, and they stuck with him to make wild boys, and I think we'll speak on that briefly later. Um, uh, Just to keep moving, number six, prosthetics. You see uh, them making uh, playing with their old man makeup. I think some of that is, uh, you know, they speak a lot about if they get recognized doing a lot of things that obviously kind of compromises the footage. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, they're doing prosthetics here. It kind of dips into the next one. Uh, number seven is also hidden camera. Um, so you see a combination of that. So number six, prosthetic, you know, they're running around the streets doing a lot of things. You don't see old people riding their uh, little carts in the gnarly ways that these gnarly men are doing. That's hilarious. Uh, and then there's hidden camera stuff. Like we talked about rental car crash derby. A nice combination of that is the shoplifter with Johnny Knoxville. The origins of the character that would get a full length movie in Bad Grandpa. Just like set him into the store and have him steal a bunch of shit and see how it goes. I love the the chaos of it. Um, that's a really great bit. There's uh, talking of hidden camera. I guess this is maybe a combination of of uh, hidden camera and fantastical world. Yeah. But um, they rent out an office building and hire temp workers, and they have a couple of them bust through the ceiling, uh, dressed up in all black like cat burglars, and there's a. Uh, a, like a comical bag of jewels. Yeah, jewels. Loose diamonds, so of they course. Crash, you know. They crash through the ceiling and then they start yelling at each other to get, get pick up the diamonds. And one temp worker just books it the fuck out of there instantly. Runs away. So it's like, yeah, again, like that's this chaotic setup. Like, let's see what happens. You probably could have not hoped for something as funny as, will one guy just run and get the fuck out of there? And they have, they have a couple different shots of it, but uh, that, that show how instantaneously he ran away. Yeah. And because it's, it's a movie that's so loose and it's like a reality TV movie, oddly. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're able to include the guy, you know, they have him come back and they ask him, like, are you okay, man? Like, yeah. And he just, ex he explains it by saying something like, I see men in masks, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You gotta respect it. That's, that's probably yeah. life-saving instincts. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Um, I'll skip back to that one because number nine on my list, I wrote The Circus because... There's the circus of it all, right? There's the thing, and then so much of the best and the funniest footage are, like I said, the prelude to the thing or the aftermath of the thing. Case in point, I've mentioned it a few times, kind of love it or hate it, kind of a signature jackass bit. Dave England goes to a hardware store and takes a shit in a toilet. In the movie, you see, I think he's like taking x lax or something because they're, again, this, the, the movie is stunts performed by professionals. professionals. Lest we forget. Professional what? I'm not sure. And so we see this entirely separate thing of, him not making it and shitting his pants in the van and the chaos that ensues, like a man puking and stuff like that. Camera guy, poor camera guy. Yeah, and um, we surprisingly, I think, we haven't talked about maybe the signature bit of the show of the series, Ryan Dunn, toy car in his butt, goes to get an x-ray. And so much of that bit is he's doing it in the hotel room and their medic is there complaining about his job because they have to have a medic around, you know. They have to have a medic supervise Ryan Dunn putting a toy car inside of a condom, moving up the condom, and then inserting that into his butt in a room full of people. And the medic just sort of dejected in the corner, saying to no one in particular, I got to get a new job. Yeah, yeah. And again, the little touches, bam, dressed like a doctor, monitoring his heart rate. I just, we always have appreciated that so much, the little touches on a, the scene, yeah. A little bit of trivia on that that, that scene. Um, it's They're filming it in their hotel room. 
because a lot of this is sort of like pretty loose, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's but the circus, the, you know. The alligator expert uh, comes to the room just to kind of say, "Hey, hey guys, what's going, going on, on here?" Yeah. And then he, you know, his face falls when he sees Ryan Dunn in the middle of preparing for his stunt. He gets the whole then, he gets the whole bit explained to him while it's like happening, you know, like. And, and this is a guy that deals with animals and 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 that sort of thing. So and he's always relating things to nature, and apparently he just leans to. Jeff Tremaine and said, "This does not happen in nature." <laughs> yeah, didn't you tell me that they said they didn't get a good like the audio is not they yeah, didn't get so a clean not, It's not in the film, but right. it's it's like yeah, this guy is a very much you know he looks like he's in the best way possible from the woods, the guy that could survive out there. So yeah, she's like this does not happen in you nature. Know in Jumanji, <laughs> when Robin Williams comes back and being in yeah. the fucking jungle for all that time. He didn't put anything in his ass out there. You know, he looks like that guy. Yeah. Oh, like oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely bone teeth necklace thing or yeah, something exactly. yeah. um and then she get through the list so then uh go back to eight yeah b- backing up too with manny the nature that's what i had also uh number nine is uh the nature bits so uh i said ryan dunn putting harp doesn't happen in nature but a lot of things that do happen in nature are explored and i don't think this many things happen unless they wasn't there was a genuine interest in in the outdoors and animals and stuff like that the way that uh Chris Pontius and Steve-O especially do these nature segments that they then did like five or six years of this show, Wild Boys, that was great. And then Knoxville going on to Wild Boys and filming is what led to them doing Jackass 2. Because um, Jeff Tremaine asks if you're willing to do all of these, if you're willing to take all these physical risks for the small screen, for, why, not, why don't we just make yeah, another movie? For MTV2 at that point. And he's point. like, I don't know, I just kind of like doing it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, so with that, uh, one of my favorites from this one is Alligator Tightrope, where Steve-O hilariously everyone thinks I think he I think they think he can walk a tightrope because of clown college no because he told the director that he could (laughs) that's right but maybe that's why it's like a believable hey rock and roll because you didn't go to you went to circus school as they put it in the TV show, I think he did stilts. I think you see him juggle. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, there's a, it's there's plausible. There's a history there. But he gets about two steps on that tightrope, and then there's just a water full of alligators, and 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 yeah, great footage ensues. And also uh, another little bit of trivia, you see his. The tattoo of himself in progress. You see his head floating yeah. there. Yeah, and the bit hasn't been. Yeah, we don't know he's getting a tattoo of himself, but when you rewatch it, it's funny that he's like, "Oh yeah, that was a project. That giant life-size tattoo of you on your back was like." <laughs> um, and then the last thing, some of my absolute favorite stuff, the downtime, which seems to be really. It's kind of like you said, like you know, Manny just popping into the hotel room to see what's going on. There's a uh, wee man just taking a running run and kicks himself in the head right in the forehead they're clearly just sitting around doing nothing like you know chilling out between stuff or something the sound it makes is so satisfying insane and it doesn't seem like the first time it's happened i get the feeling you know uh another one it's 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 a great little just found stolen shot of their shooting from a distance preston lacy gets out of a hot tub and has a beer it's revealed that uh he's not wearing he's not wearing a bathing suit he's wearing 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 his tidy whities that are wet and see-through at this point. Yeah, so you see this big wet ass. And then he just walks by a duck. And then it's on to the next thing. But all of these ten things I've described, edited together with a nice flow and a nice sequence, add up to just like... And then there's things you could... Then you could come up with bits that like, where where does that even fit in the list? And it doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, we haven't talked about plenty of bits in the movie still, I think. But yeah, so that was an overly long list of, I think, like the ten different kind, Just ten different kinds of bits that make up this great comedy. And really just how um, maybe the most memorable jackass bit is Ryan Gunn, Ryan Dunn's inserting the car into his butt and then they go get an x-ray and sort of the payoff of it is the the doctor, the physician explaining 
<laughs> well, yeah. you get the visual payoff of seeing the little metal car yeah. in, on the X-ray. Yeah, and one or two people. And you sort of see looking at the. <laughs> you see the employees realize what's going on here, and then you have uh, Ryan Dunn very, just. He plays it so well, and mm-hmm. it's it's so impressive how he's able to not laugh or or overdo it or whatever. Yeah. Just asking the doctor, you know, they're both stare, staring at the x-ray and saying, like, well, how did a toy car get up there? Yeah. They're mystified. I, 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 his performance is great, and I don't know, because you see him going in and out of the doctor. He's, like, not loving it. Like, he's, he's got a foreign object He's walking object very there. slowly. So it seems like he's able to channel that into his, like, you know, he keeps it kind of low-key, and he doesn't, he doesn't go over the top, but I wonder if that was, uh, you know, if that was, if he just channeled his... This sucks right now. <laughs> Into just more like what's going on right now. But yeah, he you're right. He plays it so well. Yeah. Uh, and it's great too because I wonder, you know, so much of it had to be like we'll get that great shot. There's the, the they get such great stuff from the doctor and the and the, and you can hear him well. Like we you know with the Manny thing, you don't even know if the audio is gonna. It just yeah, it all comes across so well. And it it, it it's a close to the movie, just because they said they learned along the way. We just have to close with the funniest thing, and this is easily the funniest thing, you know. And uh, yeah. And I don't know if we also want to talk about uh, just when we talk about the funniest parts of Jackass and the sort of things they do, mm-hmm. um, especially in the most recent movie, you see a lot of celebrity cameos, celebrity crossover, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the most fun things they, they did was on their, their TV show when they had Brad Pitt, of all people, mm-hmm. um, like, I think come on to do yeah. two bits. It must be like 2000 or 2001 because the third season of the show, 2001, thank you. So he's like fully, I mean, not that he's not been a movie star at any point in the last several decades, but he's, I, he's just... very much Brad Pitt, one of the most famous people in the world. And I, I, I guess it was uh, it, it was through Spike Jones that this this thing came to be, ultimately. But, um, and so one of the two bits they do is they have Brad Pitt stand in line in front of Pink's Hot Dogs in L.A. And uh, after people notice, oh shit, that's Brad Pitt standing there, they have a van come up and abduct him. And then you have to get on YouTube and find the Brad Pitt jackass stuff. Yeah, then they were smart enough to have, that's a brilliant bit, smart enough to have cameramen linger around the scene and watch people try to convince 911 that they just watched Brad Pitt get kidnapped. What, what just happened? What the Brad Pitt got kidnapped. Um, Brad Pitt was in line and he was just kidnapped and thrown into a van. I'm really not kidding. And then there's something about the sense of humor on display when then the second bit they do is just, Night Night Monkeys, two. I think there was a first segment, but they all dress up in gorilla suits. They're just five guys in gorilla suits running around, and including Brad Pitt, including Brad Pitt, one of those famous people in the world. And like, yeah, so running around, they have you know, they're just getting into mayhem, like horsing around and horsing around. They're at one point they're in a grocery store parking lot, and they have a cart full of bananas, and one of them one of them's in there with all the bananas. And they do the shop, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it feels like they probably have a few ideas, but then they're like, let's just fucking run around and, and see what happens. And then you kind of lose track of which one's Brad Pitt, and then one takes a gnarly bump, and the head rolls off. You're like, oh, my God, Brad Pitt's out there going for it. Like, he, seems, yeah. he seems like a fun guy. It makes you love Brad Pitt for doing it, and or it did for me at least, and, and, and then just jackass for, for doing that. And just, like, if they just figured out that Brad Pitt would be involved, for those to be the two things they came up with, I think just speaks to, like, the uh, the often unheralded wide variety of jackass bits, mm-hmm. and it does seem like a they do seem like a family. They they really do love each other. You can tell, mm-hmm. but um, it does seem like a stressful work environment. 
they the production takes an emotional toll and and physical toll obviously on the cast and crew uh quote from from johnny knoxville he says you kind of want to be there with us i guess which trust me you don't it's a very nerve-wracking set it starts off with everyone having energy but by the last month or two people are crying and falling apart mentally and emotionally you can tap someone on the shoulder with your finger and they'll jump it's a pretty combative set and that makes sense because they're always sort of fucking with each other you never Mm. quite know what's going to happen like Mm -hmm. one of the recurring bits throughout the movie sort of just like as a transitional thing in between larger pieces Mm -hmm. they'll have like these smaller short kind of things and one one recurring one is a camera guy gets a gets like a a a razor a buzzer Mm -hmm. and sort of uh they put like psycho music behind the camera and then he comes up and uh, shaves somebody, uh, shaves a little bit off a, somebody's a, head, a chunk of their hair. Yeah, and they're just terrorizing each other, and you can tell a few different times you see somebody sleeping on the set, and then they're the they're the the victim of some sort of prank, and you can tell by the way that they wake up once they're physically fucked with that they're like, oh shit, I was trying not to fall asleep on the set. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's just the thing that happens. We, we were joking that it's like, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like the you know, teenagers <laughs> trying not to fall asleep. All, you do, all you're doing is then you're like walking around, oh no, I fell asleep. <laughs> no, <laughs> wake me up. Now they're pissing on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, And yeah, and those are even a few bits I didn't even mind. I don't know where those fit into the list of bits, but yeah, camera. You know what I love about the hair bit too is that you see him get like Johnny Knoxville. Like there's not a lot of preferential treatment, you know, mm-hmm. like, even uh, Matt Hoffman, who's a, on there, like kind of a guy that's been on there time and time again, but is also just like a mega BMX superstar. He's hanging out. They fucking shave the side of his head off. Like there's just no, there's no, um, it's all pretty fair in that way, which is, it makes it enjoyable also. Like you don't want to see people bullying or anything, you know. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to sort of the the thesis, for lack of a better word, of Jackass, mm-hmm. um, that its imitators don't, get like you watch like youtube pranks or whatever and they're so mean-spirited and it, it's hard to nobody wants to watch or but at least i don't want you're to watch bothering somebody man you're just or, like or whatever, pestering you know. people or like or like this is a mean prank or you're making them think something bad happened whatever it is yeah. like yeah. this isn't funny yeah. this is just some person that you're, bo- you're you're bothering them yeah with your your content and yeah. the thing about jackass is that it's the the target of the prank or whatever, the butt of the joke is them. Mm-hmm. And I have a quote from a couple of quotes from Chris Pontius and Johnny Knoxville, respectively. Uh, Chris Pontius says, Jackass is about us being the butt of the joke in the end. I don't ever want to do anything mean. It's supposed to just be mean to us. That's really the only rule. And Johnny Knoxville says, we do some pretty offbeat things and sometimes it's a little naughty. But there's still a sweetness and an innocence to it, and that's born out of the friendship. But it's also born out of these guys' natures. That can't be duplicated. Suffice to say, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. That's right. No better way to say it. We sort of touched on this, but just to kind of uh, restate it, I guess. It's just really weird to me that Jackass the movie, 2002, 49% critics' consensus. Jackass forever... 2022, 85%. 85. And I, not, nothing's changed. You know, it's funny because if anything, you know, I, I, I'm being humorous. I'm being very funny right now. But when it's like, is it just like, oh, because they go harder these days? Because you see like almost like more dicks in it. Is that what the critic? Uh, that's not really it. But, you know, like I feel like as time has gone on, they've like 
always pushed like i was saying before with like the punching of the scrotum and hyper slow motion it's just like it's it's gotten somehow somehow more grotesque over the years like i remember like jackass 2 oh, yeah there's like you just feel like wow they're like escalating everything um but i don't think that's what critics got into though no <laughs> you know i don't think that's what's going on the only possible explanation is that those of us that were in middle school or high school when the show first started, um, oh yeah, yeah, movie first came out. Like we're now old enough to be the ones writing the reviews. Look, I don't want to be a bully here, but let's just say it: cooler critics, <laughs> cooler critics, summer <laughs> critics, cooler critics. I don't know. <laughs> has to, maybe this the Western civilization has declined, and you know what? Is that so bad? No, man. Those are good movies too. <laughs> those are good movies. <laughs> good trilogy. Can't talk about it. They probably got good reviews. <laughs> But anyways, there you go. 2002's Jackass the movie. If you haven't seen the TV show, don't you worry. If you haven't played the PS2 game, that's probably okay. I think it was based on the TV show. And for the record, the Jackass, you know, 2.5, 3.5, that kind of stuff, yeah. the uh, the sort of things that might seem like they're not worth watching, yeah. those can sometimes be like the more, more fun things to watch because it's so interesting because you really see so much behind the curtain not that you don't in the movie, but you no, just right. see like maybe bits that didn't they didn't get or whatever. There's a sort of reflection on the overall experience mm-hmm. in something like Jackass 2.5. Like, ah, oh, we tried to do this in Jackass 2, but it just didn't work. And so some bits need that threaded through it to then mm-hmm. make it a whole complete package. But then that stuff's really, really great. Like, I, I didn't really enjoy Bad Grandpa as a whole because I, I just don't really think a narrative structure combined with real pranks works mm-hmm, super well mm-hmm. but bad grandpa 0.5 where it's basically just all of the you know it's, it's a like a really extended making of feature yeah and it's, uh, it's a lot of footage of knoxville as an old man a lot mixing of it up with the public and whatnot Spike yeah Jones, yeah and that's yeah. the stuff right there yeah, that's yeah. so bad grandpa no doubt contributed to the decline of western civilization but we all are and we're happy to be adding on to that mm-hmm. do we get next week yeah, thank you for listening to the yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Hardway get there. Maybe you stuck it up your ass.